Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Oh, hey there, friends. Welcome back to another rendition of Nick's Nerd News. I am, of course, your host, Nick, of Nickster News fame. Yes, yes, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? I'm starring in a show named after me. You'd think I'd have a giant ego, but I don't, most of the time. <laughs> that was loud. Anyway, why don't you guys, you know, like and subscribe on your preferred podcasting service of choice. That's something I have uh, been required to ask of you by my producers yes they're just off screen talking in my ear anyway let's not deal with any of that nonsense why don't we just get into the thick of it because we got a lot of talk to talk about and i'm recording a day earlier than usual today is tuesday uh just some things going on and i do want to talk about just like the the fucking bombs that were dropped this week but it's too early to talk about that we do have to talk about playstation 5 today and we will get to that in just a bit but that wasn't the only console announced last week we also we also had the announcement of the oculus quest 2 i mean is that a console do you count those as a console i'm not i'm not sure um i guess because it's it doesn't need a computer it's like their standalone one, but I don't know. Maybe. I guess it's a console. Well, it's coming out later this year, and it's going to retail for $100 less than the previous Oculus Quest, and it has newer and better specs, and they're saying like 2K visuals for each eye, and uh, it will retail for $300 for the 64 gig version and $400 for the 100 and... Hold on, let me double check that one. The 256 gig will be 399, um, and those will release later this year in October. Um, I guess there's an app that goes with it, and it's got the new Snapdragon XR2. They've redesigned the controllers. It has a new uh, guardian and pass-through mode that allows you to like draw your your play area, so that way, like, it tells you, hey, you're gonna go past your, your wall that you've set for yourself, and it says it's got new 50% more pixels, quote from them, compared to the previous Oculus Quest, and it says a resolution of 1832 by 1920 pixels per eye, and I just, I want this, but, but it's, uh, I gotta be careful, because I don't have the greatest equilibrium, and, it would suck if I got this and couldn't use it. But, like, I mainly want it for, like, Beat Saber and the Darth Vader VR game. And then, also announced along with the Quest 2, is that Ubisoft is bringing a Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed VR games to, uh, to the Quest. So that will come later this year. I think it comes in October. And uh, you can get those for 300 or 400 respectively, depending on the size that you want. Uh, but that is how that works. Oh, you gotta have a headset along with that. Anyway, anyway. 
it is, uh, let's see, what's moving on here? Nintendo Switch has beaten a Wii sales record. Yes, the Nintendo Switch has beaten a record on one of the most sold consoles ever. And by doing so, it was this past August, but according to NPD, who reports all those sales figures, let's pull those up as we speak, uh, this was, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling system in August 2020, Uh, it's been doing so month over month for quite a while, and it's now set the highest August dollar sales for hardware platform in U.S. history, which is the record it broke that the Wii had in 2008 Um, In August 2008. Uh, Per the NPD group, it also doubled its unit sales from last August. So that means people are just buying up consoles. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you walk into a a store, you can't really find Switches, Xboxes, or Playstations anywhere for that matter. It's it's not not just Switch. People are just playing games at an unbelievable level because the pandemic is is here, obviously, and it's, it's just bringing... People want to be home playing. Uh, consumer spending across video game hardware, content, and accessories was $3.3 billion in August. A 37% increase over August of 2019. Top 10 selling games of the month. And now these are physical sales, mind you, not digital. Uh, Madden 21, UFC 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Ring Fit Adventure... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Paper Mario The Origami King, Mortal Kombat 11, The Legend of Zelda, Last of Us Part 2, and Minecraft PlayStation 4 Edition. So that's a little more than top 10. All in all, no TV and no movies. People replace it with gaming, clearly. But that's a good sign for the gaming industry, at least. I think so. But that's overall a good thing for the industry. So it's, it's always good to see numbers going up. Hopefully... Hopefully, and I don't want to jinx it, hopefully we don't have another crash like 1983 when the video game industry pretty much imploded. But I don't want to talk about the negativity anymore because I don't want to like bring those bad vibes in, you know, man. I, I, don't want to, I don't want those bad vibes at all, dude. But anyway, speaking of vibes, how about this? There's been a lot of uh, hoopla, you could say. Hoopla, hoopla running around the internet right now about Microsoft and Bungie possibly having a reunion of sorts. However, that was quickly, quickly nixed in the bud by the head of Bungie himself. This was, uh, it was started, so yeah, CEO Pete Parsons of Bungie has weighed in. Uh, pretty much, he said on on Twitter, false, this is false. And it 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 all goes back to reports from GamesBeat podcast. Uh, the host said, quote, I've heard they're ha- they've had those talks, but, like, the price is very high. Imran Khan of Kind of Funny, who used to also head up Game Informer, said, I've heard that they've fallen through repeatedly. This is all from Game Beats Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, Eurogamer then corroborated the story. So there was, there was multiple people reporting on it. So it had some credence to a degree. And, and what we do know, Microsoft and Bungie had a long relationship starting in 2000 uh, or 1999 up through 2007, you know, making Halo. Uh, then they split and made a couple more Halo games to fill their con- contractual obligations. A couple years later, came out with Destiny, partnered with Activision. Of course, they're no longer with Activision. They're technically independent again. They're a very large studio by today's standards. And, you know, 
we just got announced that Game Pass, Destiny 2 will be going to Game Pass and all its expansions. And like I said, Eurogamer confirmed the story. He says, driven on Bungie's side by a desire to raise new funds for the studio, its projects, and staff. Uh, but apparently they couldn't agree on a price. Now, it's interesting, though, to see this happen. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marty O'Donnell, who used to be part of Bungie, who was the composer for the Halo games, he said that they almost did go back to Microsoft after the separation from Activision. Um, but it'd be interesting, though, to see how true this is, how false this is, because multiple outlets were reporting it. Uh, is this a good thing? Yes and no. Bungie is at home with Microsoft, technically. But again, they, they want to be able to expand and do more things. And at least, I think, with my, under current tutelage of Microsoft, they at least... Microsoft claims to be able to to allow their studios just to kind of do whatever they want and keep being them. That um, so it, it's, I mean they they claim they they'll let studios just keep being them. They're not going to interfere, and that it's opposite of what old Xbox and Microsoft used to be. And one of the reasons a lot of people don't like Rare, and uh, or people are disappoint, disappointed with Rare. One of the reasons Bungie left. But again, would this work in today's world? Maybe. Would it benefit them? I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing for sure. Granted, yesterday's news that we'll talk about next week, just because that's going to be a whole lot to talk about. Um, it, it's just... It's interesting for sure to see how that all plays out. But I, I think I kind of prefer Bungie being on their own and... A lot of people would just want them back to make Halo, and it's like, no, that's what 343 is for. So, I, I just, hopefully everything works out for the best for Bungie. They make amazing games. I've played almost every game from Bungie since 2000, uh, when or 2001, I should say, from when Halo first came out. I, I unfortunately haven't played Marathon or Oni or anything like that, but pretty much they've only pumped out Halo and Destiny. So I'm not, I'm not saying much, but I've played every game they've put out. And I hope they continue to make great stuff, be it independent or not. I will continue to support Bungie as a studio. Be interesting to see years later what how true any of this was or how false any of it was and who was hiding what. Also, public service announcement: the uh, Rocket League goes free to play tomorrow, August twenty or September twenty third. Excuse me. Uh, so when you guys are hearing this, it will be free to play. Rocket League, free to play. That's an awesome game. If you guys haven't played it, check it out. Uh, it's a game like soccer, but with cars. It's really fun. I know it's not as popular as it was maybe a couple years ago, but it, it is still fun to play, and hopefully this brings a lot of new players in and so they can experience a, a really awesome game, especially for a studio right here in San Diego, Psionics. So it's always good to support local. <laughs> anyway, uh, last week... Or was it two weeks ago? We uh, we talked about Super Mario 3D All Stars was finally confirmed by Nintendo. Uh, it's essentially just a re-release of of three Mario games, and uh, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario 64. And if you guys are speedrunners or like speedrunners, well, some bad news for you here on the six, six Super Mario uh, Super Mario 64 front. And it's actually something I I just learned that apparently there's different versions of Super Mario 64. 
And there's the, the original versions, which released in 1996, the Japanese version and the American version. Uh, just a few minor differences that um, it has to do with text, voice lines, uh, how the stars work, um, and things like that. But then there is also a version called the Shino, Shindao edition. It was released a year later in 1997. Uh, it's considered the definitive edition of the game. I guess it fixed the bugs, added rumble pack support, changed the gameplay around a little bit. And apparently with this version, it it took out a glitch that speedrunners use called a backwards long jump. And this was used uh, to get certain stars that uh, it would help you get them sooner and quicker. So it looks like with this version coming to the Switch, you probably won't see any extremely fast speed runs of, of Super Mario 64 through the Super Mario All-Stars package. Which I'm sure some speedrunner was trying to do fastest speed run of Super Mario 64 on a Switch. There's all these crazy speed run, <laughs> you know, records. So it's always fun to see those, especially on a new platform with a new controller. But what's weird, though, what's really funny is Super Mario Sunshine came out on the GameCube I was watching this on YouTube. It was a video doctor uh, with Did You Know Gaming. Uh, great, great YouTube channel, by the way. We're talking about the different Super Mario games. And I guess back in whatever year it was that it came out on GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine. Um, oh, God, why can't I think of his name? The creator Mar- the creator Mario. Why, why am I drawing a blank? Anyway, he was up on stage talking about how this is going to be the controller for 10 years forever essentially in 10 years this is the controller standard that everyone will use obviously you know a lot of people adopted the the gamecube style controller Uh, what's funny though is the super mario 3d all-stars version of super mario sunshine will not support the gamecube controller on switch even though the gamecube controller is supported for different games and i just you have to laugh at that man that's just that is just funny it's like nintendo what are you doing dog what are you doing? Anyway, uh, speaking of Nintendo, they have confirmed that they are working on a new piece of hardware that will release this century. <laughs> yeah, um, according to their... This was per their uh, company's corporate management policy briefing for their fiscal year. There was a slide about their future outlook, and it said, quote, uh, next gaming system... It will arrive in, quote, 20XX. <laughs> so it will come out before 2100. If this means the refresh Switch that's rumored for next year, if it means whatever is coming after the Switch, it's just... I, I don't know, man. Nintendo does their own thing. People eat it up. No one's complaining. Just as long as they don't, like, fuck up, which I don't think they've ever done. Scratch that. They have the Virtual Boy. There's a reason you've probably never heard of it, but that that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited to see what Nintendo does next, and they they kind of want to keep it in this like modular type deal where it's portable and not. Which which then leads into the next thing. Nintendo has ceased production on the 3DS after 10 years, uh, and one of the best-selling handhelds of all time. 
Nintendo has ceased production on the 3DS, so they now are only currently making the completely portable Switch Lite and then the dockable Nintendo Switch standard. So Nintendo is no longer currently in the standard handheld gaming market because they're just kind of in the um, portable home console market, which is a thing they own completely to themselves. That is not something they share with anyone at all. That's about it on that. More fuel has been thrown on the fire of the potential Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy as they were again listed on a retailer's website, only to be removed very quickly after. This was uh, done by a Portuguese retailer this time. It's all coming from Europe, which I wonder, in Australia, is it coming to the U.S., you gotta wonder? And I'm sure it is. That's just speculation. But I just, I'm really starting to wonder, when is this thing coming out? Because it's been rumored forever at this point. Like, are they going to do in time to launch for the new consoles? Are they going to do early next year? Like, what, what's the game plan here? And why haven't we seen any footage? Bioware needs a win, and this could be it. But who knows? Who knows if that's ever happening? I don't know. They appear and then vanish right away. But going on to other games. How about this? Disintegration, the game that launched uh, earlier this year from a former Halo dev. Future ain't looking too bright here. <laughs> Looks like the the Covenant have glassed his plans. That's a Halo joke. <laughs> uh, disintegration will end multiplayer support. It has been three months since launch. Uh, it, it multiplayer component will cease to exist on November seventeenth. Pretty sure, like that game was all about multiplayer. Uh, it is a first person shooter with RTS elements, of course, and you can play first person, but I thought it was really based on on multiplayer. I guess not. But uh, from V1, the developers... Uh, so Marcus Leto, the co-creator, who I've met, um, said, From both the development team at V1 Interactive and publishing group at Private Division, we stand by the creative risks taken to launch such a unique genre-bending game. We believe the video game industry needs constant innovation and we'll continue to take risks, follow creative visions, and support new ideas. Now... I guess their multiplayer just fell flat. It sucks for a studio like that. Hopefully people are still playing the single player component because it looks like a fun game. I, I never got around to checking it out, but it's just unfortunate when you hear something like this. Because, you know, it's it's almost like the video, it's almost like the movie industry where it's like studios want don't want to take big risks on smaller games, but at the same time, without those, the industry just keeps putting out the same stuff year after year after year after year. So, I I just, it, it, it sucks when something like this happens. But luckily, they're not closing just yet, and maybe their next project can be the next big hit. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, you know, I wish them well, and hopefully they have more future success. I mean, Marcus Leto, Leto I think it is, is, has had created Halo, so he knows what he's doing. And anyway, some other big stuff. Uh, Michael Ansel, Michelle Ansel, who is uh, over at Ubisoft, who co-created... Rayman, has quit the video game industry to open a wildlife sanctuary. Uh, he also created Beyond Good and Evil, and he's leaving video games. Uh, work on his next games, Wild and Beyond Good and Evil 2, will continue without him, he wanted to assure. Uh, he posted on Instagram, Today is very special for me. After more than 30 years, I've decided to stop working on video games and fully focus on my second passion, Wildlife. My new project takes place in the real world and consists in a real 
it, excuse me, consists in a wildlife open sanctuary dedicated to education, nature level, nature lovers, and wild animals. Uh, he said, many of you might want to know what will happen to Wild and Beyond Good and Evil 2. No worries, since many months now, the teams are autonomous and the projects are going super well. Beautiful things to be seen soon. Uh, Wild was announced in 2014. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was also announced in 2014. Uh, they didn't fully unveil it until 2017. If you guys remember that amazing, beautiful trailer. And... Uh, Per Beyond Good and Evil 2's development team, senior producer Guillaume Brunier, Brunier, for years Michael imparted his creative vision and helped us remain faithful to Beyond Good and Evil's incredible universe. His uncompromising passion pushed us to redefine what was possible in crafting an expansive, multicultural, and futuristic science fiction world. As we move forward, we are all committed to remaining true to his vision, end quote. Uh, and then Ubisoft put out, quote, Today, Ubisoft announces that Michel Ancel has chosen to leave the video game industry after an exceptional career spanning more than 30 years. A nature lover, Michel has been working on personal project dedicated to the protection of wildlife for a long time. This project, a wildlife sanctuary in the region of Montpellier, France, is now growing in scope, and he wishes to put his full effort into this long-standing passion. Michel is the origin of some of Ubisoft and the video game industry's most beloved franchises, including Rayman, The Raving Rabbids, and Beyond Good and Evil, whose second opus, Beyond Good and Evil 2, is currently in development. The teams at Ubisoft Montpellier are currently focusing on the main stages of production, aligned with the vision set out by Michel. They will have more to share with their community of fans in the months to come. We would like to thank Michel for the incredible creative vision he has brought to Ubisoft over the course of his career, and wish him all the best for his new venture. Now, end quote. Now, that's that's really nice of them to do, and it's it it's it's nice to see someone like this, uh, you know, being able to achieve their true passions. It sucks that they leave during the development of of what's considered to be like probably their magnum opus, but they did confirm that hours of play will be shown off next year, and it is hours of gameplay and an incredible level of freedom in a seamless online sandbox that's been quoted at their internal build and it has been playable uh, key milestone has been a playable build of the game which Brunier says proves our space pirate fantasy and offers hours of gameplay and an incredible level of freedom in a seamless online sandbox building upon the promise of our tech demo shown at E3 I'm incredibly proud of the team's perseverance, dedication to each other and ongoing commitment to developing an amazing game end quote uh, they showed off a new piece of image, and they hope to show it off sometime in the next year. Still no release date, still no idea when this game will be finished, but it will continue on without Michel Ancel at the helm. And speaking of big giant games, sci-fi futuristic, CD Projekt Red has announced that Cyberpunk 2077 will be shorter than The Witcher 3 because, I quote, People complained about the length of The Witcher 3. Yes, we live in a world where people complain about how short games are, but then we also have people who complain about how long games are. According to the game's producers, a rough estimate of the standard campaign would take around just over 50 hours, and a completionist would take, I think they said around 172, 172 hours. So I get that, but <laughs> they said Cyberpunk will be a little shorter than... than than uh, uh, Witcher 3, so I'm guessing probably in the 40s. But 
granted, there's going to be DLC and stuff, so I'm sure completionist... Granted, completionist hours are not any standard metric. Most people are not completionists. Hell, it's rare for me to, to do 100% on a game, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey beat beat me to a pulp, man, and I did as much as I could. I did like 99% in the main game. Still like 99% even with the DLC that I haven't finished, because uh, Cerberus is fucking hard to fight, but, you know... And I put almost 200 hours into that game. So it, it's rare for people to, to to complete games like that. And people put in hundreds of hours into Call of Duty, but that's different. Because it's multiplayer, it's online. That's a different beast entirely. But it's uh, interesting to see them come out and say this. Like, hey, you guys complain it was too long? Fine, we'll make it shorter. But not by much. <laughs> but that's it for regular gaming news. Of course, the biggest video gaming news of the week last week uh, happened the day after we recorded, uh, and that was the PlayStation 5 Showcase, where we got a lot of new game announcements, a lot of things were shown off, uh, as well as we finally got a price and release date for PlayStation 5, and uh, I'm sure you guys all know by now, things did not go smoothly. Granted, things did not go smoothly this morning for some other things that we'll talk about next week either. Uh, Just a quick rundown... Uh, PS5 Showcase, we got our first trailer and announcement of Final Fantasy XVI, uh, which will release sometime in the future. No release date was given. Uh, it was also announced for PC, but somehow that PC announcement has completely vanished from the internet. Uh, it looks to be a medieval setting. Uh, we also got our first better look at Miles Mor- uh, Sp- Spider-Man Miles Morales, which will release on launch. Um, we're going to talk about some things about Miles Morales in just a bit. I uh, got a trailer for the new Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy prequel RPG game that's been rumored for quite a while. Uh, no word on if that's coming to Xbox. As of right now, It, I don't think it's a PlayStation exclusive, but granted, there's been no word yet on that. And uh, it is a prequel. It takes place in the 1800s, and uh, from what I've seen online, it looks like J.K. Rowling has uh, almost no connection to the game, which, given certain circumstances right now, that's... Probably for the best. Uh, also announced was uh, uh, another release of, of Devil May Cry 5, which will be on both consoles at launch. Also uh, got our first look at the new COD campaign, the new Call of Duty Black Ops uh, Cold War campaign, which is being developed by Raven. Uh, Deathloop, we got a new trailer. That's the new from Arcane Studios. That game has been delayed until next year, uh, which has a timed exclusivity we recently found out, so that will not be a PlayStation 5 exclusive forever. Uh, Got a new trailer for the new Oddworld game, which looks really fun. Oddworld games are always different. Uh, There's a new Fright Five Nights at Freddy's game coming out called uh, Security Breach. It looks like you're fighting in like a Disneyland type place of Five Nights at Freddy's, and this this will be more immersive than what I've seen on, on previous Five Nights at Freddy's games. But not something for me, to be honest. Uh, Also announced was PS Plus Collection, which seems to be something... It's not Game Pass, but it is a PS5 upgrade to Sony's PlayStation Plus subscription service. I guess you'll get all these games at no additional cost. Uh, God of War, Bloodborne, Monster Hunter World, Final Fantasy XV, Fallout 4, Mortal Kombat 10, Uncharted 4, Ratchet & Clank, Days Gone, Until Dawn, Detroit Become Human... Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us, Persona 5, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. So it's a lot of first party and then a lot of 
games that they had as like exclusives and stuff in there. But no word on what this will cost or how this works. Oh wait, no, no additional cost. I read that. I'm an idiot. But interesting collection of games for sure. But that will be on PS5. And then uh, we also got... So uh, PlayStation 5 will release on November 12th for $4.99 for the standard PlayStation 5 and $3.99 for the digital discless version of PS5. Uh, Of course, though, that wasn't the final thing. Uh, There was actually a teaser, stinger, I should say, because it didn't really show anything, but God of War, the next God of War game, will release in 2021 on the PlayStation 5 console. So uh, it's looking to be like 2021 is the best year for both consoles, to be honest, because it's a lot of games that are just on both coming out right away, which, again, is part of the course. But Nick... I thought Sony said they believe in generations and they're going to have true next-gen games. Sorry, friends, that was a lie. As it was announced, Miles Morales will be coming to PlayStation 4 on launch day as well. Uh, there will be a PS5 like re- remastered or whatever version of the original Spider-Man game as well, which just proves the point that Miles Morales, while he does deserve his own game, don't get me wrong, They were a little disingenuous in trying to sell this as a full next-gen experience because in reality it's just an offshoot spin-off DLC type thing from the Spider-Man game just like Uncharted Lost Legacy was and what did they do that for? There was another game that recently did something like that. But that it's just like why did you sell this as a PS5 exclusive when you were lying? And then it turns out that the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel will also release on PS4 at some point, which tells me that game is coming out sooner in 2021 rather than later. And Sony's like, oh, well, we think that there's a large player base and we want people to play that. And it's like, well, then why did Jim Ryan, the CEO of Sony, say a couple months ago, we believe in generations and don't want to have this cross-generational crap that people dragged Xbox for? And it's like... And then the same people that dragged Xbox are talking about, like, oh, look, this is so good. Like, what the fuck? What's going on here? I'm so confused. I I haven't seen flip-flopping this hard since 2004, man. My friends that are into politics will get that. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But it's just, it's funny to see, and this is why fanboys are toxic, because it's like, they shit on, on, on one's company for doing it, and then when their company does it, they're like, oh, this is the greatest fucking thing ever. I was like, or you just get both consoles if you can. And everyone plays together and stops shitting on each other and just lets people enjoy their games. You know, my friend likes to say, don't yuck someone's yum. But, you know, fanboys are just fanboys and they're everywhere. And it's it sucks. And it's like, I can't wait to get a PS5. And I wanted to get a PS5 for Horizon Zero Dawn 2. And then when they say it's on PS4, it's like, okay, well, maybe... I can wait a little bit before I get a PS5 and let my finances recover after hopefully getting an Xbox Series X. So it's like, it, it, it's it, it's not feasible to buy both consoles all the time right away, or all three, I should say, you know, with, with Nintendo and stuff. So it's like, if they, this is, this is better for the community, better for the players, and there's no reason to knock it. Like, yeah, I can comment on it and be like, oh, well, that's fucking stupid of them to, to, to heel turn like this. But at the same time, it's like, Good on them. Good on them for realizing that more people appreciate that than than what the trolls on Twitter say. 
But it's always fun to drag a company when they do a heel turn like this. Because it's like, you spat in people's faces and then you go and do the same fucking thing. It's, it's hypocritical. But I respect it. I respect it. And it's props to them. Props to them for understanding their market. Especially when you have like 100 million units sold and you know not all of them are going to have a PS5 in the first year. Especially if there's problems with their supply chain, which a lot of company, companies are facing supply chain issues because of, you know, 2020. But it's just, I get it. Uh, however, there are some downsides to this. First party games will be retailing at $70 on PlayStation 5 along with some other... Uh, some other studios have announced that their games will also cost that additional $10. Which, kind of shitty, because Xbox is like, nah, you get the free upgrade, bruh. And it's the same price. So it's kind of like, ooh, that's not cool. Uh, they did say 99% of PS4 games are backwards compatible. That's that's nice and fun. Uh, however, no PlayStation 1, PS2, or PS3 backwards compatibility. Uh, you can play a lot of those games through PS Now, though, which isn't a terrible service, but it's not great. Also, so get this. Sony announced that their pre-orders would go live on Friday, September the 18th. However, Walmart, followed suit by several other retailers, decided to say, fuck it, we're not fans of waiting, and they just decided to put PlayStation 5 Available for pre-order on Thursday afternoon, which uh, seriously fucked up a lot of people's plans because Sony said they were going to send emails and a lot of these other retailers said they would send emails on when you could start to pre-order. Sony sent theirs out late uh, and then it proceeded to be a complete and total clusterfuck online. Websites crashing, people putting things in their cart, not getting it. And uh, I'm not sure if you saw this on Twitter on, on Friday or Thursday, but, you know, PlayStation 5 sold out Almost immediately. And, uh, kind of not surprised. And a lot of people got fucking screwed. And a lot of bots. And almost no one could pre-order it in person. Because, of course, no one knew. Unless it was, like, last minute. Uh, Microsoft then announced that their pre-orders would go live today. And we'll talk about that experience next week. Because that was not a smooth one either. Uh, just a little bit of a teaser there for you to come back next week. But uh, the other thing that came out of this is the digital edition is essentially a unicorn. It was very hard to get those. There seemed to be limited versions of the, the discless version, which you'd think would be way more mass-produced than, than the other. But that's very interesting for sure. Sucks, though. Sucks all around for people because a lot of people who wanted it didn't get it. Now there's rumors floating around that they had to like halt production for a while. And they might not meet their production goals, and it's just like it's going to be very hard to get a PlayStation Five. They said there would be more available at launch than there was of the PS4, but I don't remember the the pre-order process for the PS4 being this much of a clusterfuck. Let alone the Xbox One launch wasn't. Well, that <laughs> that's a different story, but that has more to do with their issues than, than anything else. But. But the, the funny thing is, after all this, Sony actually issued an apology. A, a very rare apology at that. And, and like, you have to applaud them for it because they, they came out and said, uh, it was on Twitter, that, quote, Let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. 
Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order, retailers will share more details, and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. So good on them, and hopefully more are released, like they said, and hopefully they get here in time for the holidays so people don't have to wait. Yeah, if you got a PS5, props to you. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you didn't, hopefully there's one for you at Christmas time available or Black Friday that you can purchase. Uh, and for me, people like me, hopefully they're available in the spring. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Otherwise, it, it is going to be a good year for gaming, and I can't wait to see it all. Uh, now that I know Miles Morales is going to be on PS4, and I'm not getting a PS5 at launch, I think I'll just get Miles Morales on PS4 for the time being. And hopefully when Horizon Zero Dawn 2 rolls around, I will have a PS5 to play that on, because I'd much rather play that game there. Uh, granted, since I don't have a PS4 Pro, and I don't have all the 4K stuff, but it'll be nice to see how that goes. Uh, that is it for video games. A lot, uh, a lot of video game stuff to talk about there. But, again, hopefully, if you wanted a PS5, you were able to secure one on pre-order day. And uh, we'll talk about Xbox next week, of course. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to what's going on in TV. Not a lot to talk about here, just a quick bit of stuff. We finally got our first look at the Animaniacs uh, continuation. Because it's not really a reboot, it's not a remake. Uh, that's going to be airing on Hulu. They put put out a behind-the-scenes video with the voice cast. Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, Tress McNeil. Um... Oh god, I can't think of his name. He played Yakko. Or Wacko. He's in a lot of other things. Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, but they showed them off. Uh, Pinky and the Brain will be returning as well. It's a nice little trailer. And you got to see some of the newer animation styles. Which is very interesting to see. That it hasn't changed much. In the 20 years since it was on. Jess Harnell. That's the third guy. That's on the show. Jess Harnell. Sorry. <laughs> I blurted that out there. I remembered his name at the last minute. I got some Disney Plus news. Uh, we got our first look at the trailer for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. And uh, it shows off Tatooine, an ice planet. Uh, looks like he's on his quest to return Baby Yoda. Uh, no look at Moff Gideon, but we did get to see more TIE fighters that land. Uh, some cool um, uh, shots of like Imperial Remnant troopers on, on speeder bikes. And them like, fall, like flying off a cliff and then doing this cool landing. Uh, we also got what looks like Ilum, possibly. And uh, possibly Mon Calamari, or Mon Cala. What's the planet called? Uh, anyway, uh, it's the home of the Mon Calamari species and the Quaren, because there's a scene where he goes to a seaport, and there's a bunch of Quaren, and then there's a, they're on a boat. Uh, I know I'm going deep into Star Wars stuff here that most of you are just, like, glazed over <laughs> at this point. Um, we got our first look at Sasha Banks' character, who a lot of people think... Uh, so Sasha Banks is a WWE wrestler. A lot of people think... And there's rumors that she's playing Sabine Wren from Rebels in the show. Which, it would make sense for Sabine Wren to be there because we know Bo-Katan is coming from Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, the Darksaber, of course, is tied into the plot of, of The Mandalorian. But uh, we did not get a look at Boba Fett at all. I did see a screen grab, though. Someone showed his, uh, his, his jetpack. Uh, we already know that Timmy, Timothy Oliphant might be playing someone who stole the armor, though, so we don't know. And then uh, we did not get any look at Rosario Dawson as as a show, as a Sokotano. Uh, but it did show off some other cool locales, uh, some X-Wings, 
as well as uh, Gamorrean gladiatorial fights, which is really cool. But other than that, not a whole lot shown off, which I'm kind of surprised by, and I wonder if it lends credence to those rumors floating around about turmoil behind the scenes and Disney not liking something, and I, I just, I hope everything works out for the best, and I wonder if this is the trailer they would have shown at Celebration, if Celebration had still been going on. And and it's it's interesting that they would put this out, what, we're a month and a half out, so... Hopefully we don't have to wait long for a second trailer, I have to say. Uh, also confirmed for Disney+, Plus, WandaVision has not been delayed. That will, should still, I should say, release this year. Uh, even though uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be out by now, if I'm not mistaken. But that got delayed because of COVID. And we should be getting a trailer soon for WandaVision. Since that's going to be coming not much later in the year, so... I don't think that's going to happen too late. Uh, also, though, we got casting finally for Marvel's She-Hulk series. Uh, they've cast the titular role of, of She-Hulk, uh, cousin to uh, Bruce Banner. And she will be played by Tatiana Maslany, who, uh, if you don't recognize the name, she was the star of Orphan Black on the show, uh, well, the show Orphan Black that was on BBC America. Uh, a few years, it ended a few years ago. I think that is a, a really good casting, and she is a great actress. From what little I've seen of, of Orphan Black, I, I haven't watched a lot of it. Now I do want to go back to watch it to get me ready for She-Hulk, but that show probably won't be out for like a year, so I got plenty of time to get, uh, catch up on Orphan Black. Moving over to the DC side of things, though, it has been announced that Harley Quinn has been renewed for a third season. However, with that comes the official, like, end, essentially, of, of DC Universe, as it will shift to comics only. And it will, uh, so season three of Harley Quinn will be exclusive to HBO Max, and DC Universe uh, will be rebranded as DC Universe Infinite. Uh, we'll have a library of 24,000 digital comics, and uh, no other details are known about it, but they don't they didn't say when it will debut. Uh, DC Universe Infinite Relaunch will take place on January 21st of next year here in the U.S., and let me see, uh, their current print comics will be added to the service six months after release. Uh, they'll also put, be putting exclusive DC co comic book content on there. Uh, and this is from Jim Lee, who's the new uh, chief creative officer and publisher. Quote, our fans love the platform's robust library of comic books, and with the transformation, we will not disappoint. I'm excited to share that not only will DC Universe Infinite members still be able to read all of the great comics that they've enjoyed, but the new issues are debuting on the platform quicker than before. Digital first exclusives are being created, and the members-only events will begin as soon as possible. There has never been a better time to be a DC fan. I guess it will keep the same price at $7.99 per month. But again, you're getting a lot more comics. You're getting new comics sooner, and uh, you get just you get rolled over if you're an automatic subscriber. I'm probably going to cancel because, as much as I like that, and I'm way behind on my comics, like. I prefer to just read the whole collection at once in a trade paperback, and by the time it comes to, to you know, this, it's like, I'm kind of over it. Granted, 
You know, I have a Comixology account, and I barely even use it. And half of those comics I've gotten for, for free. So this is one thing I'll probably end uh, with uh, in January when it rolls over and everything transitions to HBO Max. But it sucks, I get it, but I support DC Comics in other ways. So sucks, but makes sense, too, uh, from a business perspective. And then, uh, speaking of HBO Max, Jendi Tartakovsky has announced that Primal will be getting more episodes and they will be added to the streaming service later this year. Anyway, that's it for TV. Let's uh, talk about movies here. Uh, Rumors are swirling after Ant-Man 3 cast Jonathan Majors, who's currently starring in HBO's Lovecraft Country. Uh, A lot of industry insiders are projecting that he has been cast as the next big, big bad, which is expected to be Kang the Conqueror, uh, also known, at, known as uh, Frank, Franklin Richards. Hold on, let me look. Because he's related to the Fantastic Four in some capacity. Of, uh, he's a distant, distant relative. Nathaniel Richards, excuse me. So yes, he's a, a very late descendant of, of uh, the Richards family, or those who the... Um, Uh, The Fantastic Four, you know, Reed Richards, Sue Storm. Anyway, uh, King the Conqueror is heavily rumored is who he he is playing, and then quite possibly then, which could lead then to an introduction of the Fantastic Four later on. And a lot of people think that his arrival was teased in Ant-Man and the Wasp when they go into the Quantum Realm and there's that city in a bubble off in the background. Uh... Of course, time will tell, and we'll see if this ends up being true or not. It'll be interesting to see, though, if King the Conqueror really is the next big bad. Kind of fits with the whole jibe, jibe, the vibe they're going for in Phase 4. Also, speaking of that, it looks like Black Widow will probably be delayed. It is set for November. Variety doesn't think it will keep that date, uh, and then Soul, the Disney Pixar film, uh, according to Variety as well, may go to Disney+. Plus. These are all unconfirmed, however, it's not been officially released. Uh, however, Deadline, in a counter-report, said that Soul will probably still have its theatrical release just much later than anticipated. Theaters are starting to open up across the country. Some places are not as bad as others. So, of course... If you do go to a movie theater, just use caution. Just make sure that uh, socially distanced and, you know, wear a mask if you're not eating popcorn. So, just a PSA there to be safe. Like, theaters have been open in my area for two weeks now, and I still have yet to go. I'm, I'm just waiting. I was waiting on some other things to happen, and just, we have a colored tier system in California on, on where counties are, and what can be open and what can't be open. So it's like you got to be vigilant in in things like that. Also got news about uh, Noah Hawley, uh, the creator of, of uh, uh, X-Men Legion on FX. And then, of course, he's, he did the Fargo show. Well, he's been dropping hints about his Star Trek movie that he was working on. And honestly, it sounds really shitty, and it looks like it's been put on hold, hopefully indefinitely. Uh, he said, quote, We're not doing Kirk, and we're not doing Picard. It's a start from scratch that then allows us to do what we did with Fargo, where the first three hours you go, oh, it really has nothing to do with the movie, and then you find the money, so you are so you reward the audience with a thing that they love. End quote. What? What does that mean? 
what? That just sounds like we're doing Star Trek, but not Star Trek, but Star Trek. And honestly, just give me the Tarantino movie, man. Get the fuck out of here with all these weird offshoots. Like, just stick to what's Star Trek. That's why Picard works. That's why Lower Decks... Well, Lower Decks is different. That's why, you know, Discovery worked better in its second season. That's why we're getting a show with Anson Mount as Christopher Pike in Strange New Worlds. Like, it's like do what Star Trek does best. Tell a good story. And that's essentially why people stopped watching, like, the, the, the reboot, the Kelvin timeline, because it just got muddled and turned into what Star Trek wasn't. And honestly, if they're on hold for a while to figure it out, so be it. It's working on TV, so that's what matters right now. But, I don't know, it just, it sucks, kind of, so. Anyway, if you've been holding out hope for the Spawn movie, well, you gotta wait a little bit longer, as producer Jason Bloom of Bloomhouse has announced that the script will be reworked. Uh, yes, he's producing with Rob Light or not Rob Lightfield, with um, Mix, uh, McFarlane. And uh, and I guess uh, Jamie Foxx is still set to star, at least. We know that. And um, Todd McFarlane, because he's the creator. Uh, it looks like it's still going to happen. It's just it is the script has to be reworked. So need some more time on the back burners. And that's always a good thing. You don't want a Spawn movie to come out and suck like the old one. So nothing wrong with a delay. Anyway, um, we got some pictures, set pictures leaked from the Uncharted film. And fans are a little concerned and upset because it looks like Mark Wahlberg's Sully won't have a mustache in the film, which is a little disappointing because Sully Sully is supposed to have like a mustache. It's it's literally a character trait, and like he's he plays that old gruff like expert crook. Uh, uh, not crook, but like, uh, I don't know how you explain. Uh, yes, he's a thief, but he's not a thief per se. And so, it, but it like it fits that whole vibe, and that's why people wanted like Bruce Campbell to play him because, like, that's the type of character that would that would be perfect. But I just I don't know. It if Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a mustache, then it's just another Mark Wahlberg movie. And it's like we don't want that. We want an Uncharted movie, and. Just like it, it's, uh, uh, and it goes back to people not wanting an Uncharted movie where it's like a prequel, and it's just more meh, and it's like why, why do you do this? People want video game movies to succeed, and then you go and go so far away from what the game is that people are like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, and and that's why game movies ultimately fail because it just they don't know what the fuck they're doing. And and you get shitty directors, and then you get stars who just sign on for the hell of it. And and it's just I want these movies to be good. And if you pull nonsense like this, you already turn off people who you're trying to bring in. But I know you're trying to bring in general audience too. Like don't get me wrong, th- there's this weird push and pull because it's like you want to apply, you want to, you know, bring in the the game audience because that's your core group. And you want them to like it because then word of mouth. But then you also want to appease the general audience because they're going to see it regardless, right? Or in in general, they're supposed to. And obviously, if you throw a mustache on Mark Wahlberg, you might turn people off. But at the same time, you're like, Mark Wahlberg and a mustache? What's this about? 
And Uncharted, I think, is a game that has a lot more staying power than, like, some other video games. Like, just like the Tomb Raider stuff. Like, there's a reason there's been multiple Tomb Raider movies. And granted, Uncharted is is connected to Tomb Raider, and they're the same type of, of game. Uh, as as in, they, they draw a lot of inspiration from Indiana Jones. And and while mustache is not key, you just you need to have that sense of adventure and wonderment and, and, and amazement that you have in Indiana Jones, and that's how you get these movies to work for this particular game style. Because you, you need to it just it has to work. Otherwise it, it will just fail and it'll just be another failed video game adaptation. And nobody wants that. But that's it for Nixner News. Uh thank you guys for stopping by this week. It's been a, a fun one, and we're going to talk about Xbox and pre-orders and things like that this week, or next week, because uh, <laughs> the proverbial megaton was dropped. <laughs> Most of you will get that reference, I hope. But there is a lot of big stuff to talk about next week in regards to Xbox and pre-orders and just Xbox Game Studios in general, and of course... Uh, any other news that might spring up in the meantime. Uh, Tokyo Game Show is this week as well, so we'll be talking about that on next week's show. But overall, uh, great week. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, to any, Like I said earlier, any of you who got a PS5, congrats. I'm happy you guys got what you wanted. Anyone who didn't, I feel bad. Hopefully you get one at launch or shortly after launch. Uh, and if you're like me, hopefully we don't. there isn't a shortage in the spring either. But thank you guys for listening. As always, check out nixnerdnews.com where you can find uh, our social media pages, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post a lot of funny memes. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our, our podcast page, obviously. You can listen to the show right in your browser, or you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and uh, Apple Podcast pages. Uh, that way you guys can click and link and follow us wherever you go, on the go, at home all those fun, fancy places. Other than that, thank you guys for listening. I am Nick. I am your host. Make sure to like and subscribe, and I will catch you guys on the flip side.